Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the Gospel for this weekend, it opens up with the scribes and the Pharisees trying to test Jesus, trying to lay a trap for him so as to accuse him, charge him, and then convict and kill him. Now, how does it begin? One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, which is the first of all the commandments? Well, what we have to understand, there are 613 laws or commandments that oversaw all of Jewish life. Most of them were positive commandments, good majority of them, things that you should do. But there are also ones that are negative, things that you should be forbidden from. Nonetheless, Jesus, he answers as a good, pious Jew would answer this question. He recites the Shema prayer. Now, this Shema prayer is found in the first reading from Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. Now, this is a fundamental statement for all of the Israelites. They are God's chosen people. The Israelites, like us, we believe that there is only one true God, Yahweh. Now, the Shema prayer continues. It says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your strength. Devout Jews would pray this prayer several times a day. They would make sure that they passed it on to their children so that their children would be able to recite it by heart. This prayer, this Shema prayer, is synonymous with our Hail Mary or our, our Father. In fact, devout Jews would write the Shema prayer on strands of cloth and then wrap that cloth around their arms as a symbol that they are wrapped around this prayer. Now, this prayer is also important for us as Christians. Why? Because Jesus himself, in this solemn moment, he answers the question of what is the greatest commandment with this prayer. And therefore, as Christians, this prayer, this Shema prayer, lays claim to us. Now, what does this prayer mean when it begins? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. Well, Shema is a Hebrew word which means to listen. So this prayer is a listening prayer. It's a Shema prayer. We are listening to God speak to us. And listening is vital in the spiritual life. We listen to God always. We don't determine our own path in life. No, God does it for us. We don't write our own agenda in life. No, God does it for us. And the only way that we can know our path, our agenda in life, is by listening to God. And yet, isn't that so countercultural in our society? 
Our society promotes what? Freedom, self-determination. Don't tell me what to do or how to live my life. And yet that is so contrary to this Shema prayer that Jesus uses to answer the question, what is the greatest commandment? Again, go back to the very beginning. Prayer begins with, hear, O Israel. Well, the assumption is that we are listening. We are listening to something that is spoken to us by a higher power. We are listening to God himself speaking to us. Therefore, we are only compelled to listen. The prayer continues. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. What's the point here? God deserves our total love. We must hold nothing back. Great example of this is last Thursday, we celebrated the holy day of All Saints Day. The saints were people, ordinary people like you and I, that listened to the word of God spoken to them. And therefore, they were naturally compelled to give total love to God, to hold nothing back. Give you a great example of this. Mother Cabrini. Mother Cabrini was born in Italy in the 19th century. In fact, she was born two months premature. She suffered chronic health problems because of that. But nonetheless, it didn't prevent her from establishing her own order, the Missionaries of the Sacred Heart. Upon establishing this order, she petitioned the Pope. She wanted to go to China to establish missionaries there. The Pope said no. He said, I have greater need for you in the United States. In fact, there were more problems in the United States in the 19th century than there was in China. What was happening in the United States in the 19th century? Well, we saw the great industrial revolution. More and more people were drawn into cities to factory jobs. And yet these factory jobs didn't really pay too much. More to it, they did not have the public school system that we have today. The very children of these workers that worked in factories received no education. There were no schools for them. Worse yet, there were no hospitals to treat them. The Pope realized this, and he was very concerned. That's why he told Mother Cabrini, go to the United States and establish schools and hospitals for the poor. She did just that. She built hospitals and schools in Philadelphia, New York, New Jersey, even in Chicago. In fact, she died in Chicago in 1917. Mother Cabrini is just a great example of the hundreds of saints that we have in our church. Saints that listened to the word of God and then were compelled to give total love back to God. Heart, mind, soul, and strength. They held nothing back. Now, what's remarkable about these saints, the saints gave love to God in many different ways. They preached. They taught. They cared for the poor. They established schools and hospitals. They resolved conflicts. They taught. They wrote many theological treatises that helped us to grow in our knowledge of our faith. They defended the church from heresies. The saints were ordinary people, just like us. They were soldiers and sailors. They were men and women. They were parents. They were physicians and nurses. 
They were leaders of our church, bishops, priests, nuns. They were farmers, merchants. They were ordinary people just like you and I. And isn't that so true of us? We come from different walks of life, different occupations. But in the midst of our own diversity, we, like the saints, continue to listen to God. We do it in many different ways. Through prayer, coming to Mass every weekend, going to Mass on holy days of obligation, or just listening to the wisdom or the advice of a parent or a personal friend. These are all ways in which we listen to the Word of God and then respond with great love. So you say to yourself, okay, I get it, but how do I love the Lord with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength? Well, take the first part. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Well, the heart is the very essence of life, isn't it? If our heart stops, we no longer have life, do we? Well, the heart symbolizes life itself. Therefore, love the Lord your God by living your life always as a good Christian, such that each and every day of your life, how you conduct yourself, your behavior, will speak volumes of who truly is at the center of your life. And it's just by little things, opening the door for somebody. Somebody drops something, you pick it up for them. You know that there's somebody out there, a shut-in, doesn't have many friends or family, so you pick up the phone, you call them. You say, you know, I was just thinking about you. How are you doing? In just those little ways, you are living a life of Christianity, discipleship in God. Therefore, you are loving the Lord by how you live your life. Next, love the Lord your God with all your soul. Well, the spiritual life is directly about worshiping God. Whether we do it on Sundays or, again, holy days of obligation, whether we do it with sacramentals, praying the stations of the cross, praying the rosary, whenever we do those things, we must never be distracted by the things of this world. Instead, when we do love the Lord, when we do enter into the spiritual life, whether it's Mass, praying, whatever it is, we do it devoted clearly with God and God alone, such that in those moments in which we are with God, we are truly with Him. Our soul is dedicated to Him. Next, love the Lord your God with all your mind. I used to have a professor at Mundelein Seminary. He would always tell us, faith won't grow if you don't want to know. If we don't want to know about our faith, it'll never grow. Therefore, we should devote or portion out some of our time to growing in the knowledge of our faith, whether it's art, architecture, music, the lives of saints, the church history, sacred scripture. Take some time out to grow in the knowledge of your faith. See, when you do that, then you truly love the Lord with all your mind. Love the Lord with all your strength. Well, we all have strengths, don't we? We all have strengths, skills, talents, abilities. We'll use them now for the benefit of others in building up our church. Say, for example, you sing very well. Join the choir. Say you love teaching. Well, become a catechist. Pass on the faith to our children. Say you have affinity to the poor. Well, join the St. Vincent de Paul program. See, these are just a few ways 
in which now we love the Lord with all of our strengths, with all of our talents and abilities. The second greatest commandment, Jesus says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, this assumes naturally we love ourselves, even to care for ourselves. We can protect ourselves. We look after our own self-interest. Okay, that's good. Herein lies the challenge. Now show that same love and care to other people in this world. Maybe even to people you don't even know. Remember, the sacred scripture definition of love is not an emotion, not a term of affection. To love in the Bible means to will the good of another. Give you a great example. I see you in the store. I come up to you and I tell you, I will the best for you. I will the best marriage, the best family, the best health, the best career, the best of everything. And I will pray for you. I will counsel you. I will do whatever I can to will the best for you. Well, now I have just loved you. And see, that in mind, we can do that for anyone, including strangers. One last thing to think about. At the very end, the scribe tells Jesus that he understands the two greatest commandments and he has applied them in his life. Notice Jesus' response. He says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Well, neither are we. We too understand these two great commandments. We too apply them in our own life, each and every day of our life. Therefore, we are not far from the kingdom of God, the kingdom that awaits us all, the kingdom that we are all tending to, the kingdom of heaven. Strongly encourage you, take some time this week, read the first reading as well as the gospel together, and then enter into the Shema prayer, the prayer of listening. Listen to God, just like the saints did, and then be naturally compelled to give total love to God. Hold nothing back. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.